0: Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show excited to rewatch and recap it along the way.
1: Today, we're here to recap season three, episode 13, Dear Richard and Emily. The Netflix file for this episode is when Sherry goes into labor and asks Rory to stay with her at the hospital,
0: Lorelai reminisces about the day Rory was born. And before we get going, don't forget that we still have our sticker giveaway happening. To enter for that, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Send us a screenshot to talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com, along with your mailing address, and we will send you a sticker. Yes, we appreciate
1: our new reviews and ratings a lot. So thank you very much. But we have a lot more stickers to share to spread the joy. So keep it coming and we will send those stickers out. (laughs) Another fun development on our side is that we have created a Patreon. We are just at the beginning with it. We've got one level, which is for general support at $5 a month. As time goes on, we might begin to use the Patreon more and offer bonus content and things like that but for now it's just a place where if you would like you can support us and our work we do on the podcast by becoming a member i believe of our gazebo club it was mm-hmm. called i think yeah you can join us at the gazebo on our patreon <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i think the to find that you just go to patreon and search for a talking fast podcast and we'll pop right up with our logo and yeah I think
1: be like Patreon.com slash talking fast podcast as well. Uh the URL is our our name. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we are uh back with our second recap. What were your overall impressions of episode thirteen, this flashback episode? Yeah.
0: I had completely forgotten that it happened, but I really enjoyed it. I think more than I have in the past, because I was like trying to really pay attention to the connections between the flashbacks and the moments in the present. So I really liked it. I don't understand why they cast Chris- that Christopher. He doesn't look like Christopher at all, but that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I I am definitely
1: in the mixed bag leaning toward disliked the flashback <laughs> episode Um, but I definitely think I'm going to work out my thoughts as we talk about it more. I feel like it's a, I don't know, like love it or hate it. I think pot, I think like in general flashback episodes on TV can be so polarizing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think they can go so poorly (laughs) that it's dangerous to do. Um, I'm thinking of, of course, like the gossip girl flashback episode (laughs) is just so bad and, (laughs) Yeah, that's just what was in my mind of, like, are, how are they using the flashbacks in mm-hmm. this episode? And I think I'll offer a final judgment
0: at the end. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't have, like, the full episode just flashbacks. Mm. Like, we've seen that in other shows. But since they kind of intertwined things, I feel like that makes it a little bit better. Um, but we did Mm -hmm. ask listeners on our Instagram to kind of vote on this preemptively and we ended up with some interesting feedback. I think most people liked it. They either 25% Mm -hmm. loved it, 37% loved it, but wanted a different Chris. I admit when I wrote that I was kind of leading, you know, asking a leading (laughs) question. (laughs) But it does seem like 37% of people agree with this even if they were led to you know. (laughs) And then we had 24% who didn't mind it but don't like it in this episode specifically and Mm -hmm. then only 13% outright hated it. So Mm -hmm. yeah it's a bit of a mixed bag but I think overall somewhat positive. Yeah
1: I just feel like this episode is like the reason to have a podcast you Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) There's so much to talk about in relation to this and I was watching it and I was already like I have to ask Suzanne's opinion on so much of this and our followers too you know
0: have clearly a wide variety of takes on it so Mm -hmm. it's not something you should watch alone you know (laughs) I also noticed so many little instances like often we talk about continuity errors but I think in this episode they made like specific continuity choices between the flashback Mm -hmm. and present moments that I really liked little details but well yeah we'll get to that
1: we will before we get to all of that, we will do our talking fast segment. It's practically impossible for this episode. I know. Well, do you think that young Lorelei can talk as fast as adult Lorelei?
0: I don't think so, but she had the emphasis pretty down pretty well. She tried. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> yeah. had like studied uh, Lauren mm-hmm. Graham. <laughs> she did her homework. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. So Rory and Lorelai are planning to go backpacking through Europe. This dismays Richard and Emily, of course. And Emily tries to get them to go to nice hotels and everything. Meanwhile, uh, 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 (laughs) um, Luke is going on his first (laughs) date with Nicole. And then Sherry uh, is going into labor. She has an original plan that's kind of... uh, goes to the wayside when she goes into labor early and then there are a whole bunch of flashbacks of Lorelai's labor and then the baby's born god oh I totally <laughs> totally choked that was bad <laughs> way too much to cover. <laughs> I couldn't even like condense it into main storylines it was just too much mm-hmm. okay are you prepared to go
1: yes okay
0: okay ready set um, there's
1: two pregnancy storylines, one in the present, one in the past. Sherry's giving birth. Her whole plan goes wrong. She asks Rory and then Lorelai to be there, but Chris makes it in time. Meanwhile, Lorelai is remembering her year of pregnancy and everything that happened. Also, meanwhile, Luke is starting to date. Dean is working for Tom um, and Emily and Lorelai kind of make progress together when Lorelai buys her a DVD player, which was really sweet. The
0: end. Okay. Well, you just made me look really bad.
1: Aww, I only had the time to think about it because you were, you went first. Well, happy to provide. My, your suffering is my gain. No. It's true. Like a vampire. Okay.
0: Should we slow down? Yes, let's slow down.
1: This is the one thing I didn't mention, though. This fun backpacking storyline that we are introduced to in the cold open where Emily and Richard, I love that they truly think that it's just (laughs) a classic Lorelai messing with them about the two girls going backpacking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, it's the best joke Lorelai's ever told.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then they're completely aghast once they figure out that it's true. Mm -hmm. They Emily, I think, brings up a good point, which is that Lorelai, like, staying in hostels and backpacking is usually, like, people in their early 20s, and Lorelai is here in her mid-30s, and Emily says Mm -hmm. that they're going to feel really weird about it, and I have to admit I agree with Emily, unfortunately, for Lorelai. I think maybe things have changed for my hostel days, but I stayed in a hostel, like, Four years ago. So I was like 28 and already then it was starting to get kind of weird because mm-hmm. it's mostly like people 21 or 22 staying in a hostel. They want to drink. They want to have like make friends with people. Mm. You know, it's not not just a place to sleep. It's also like a social place. So,
1: yeah, it is a good point. And as we learn later on, she's definitely attempting to relive a dream Mm -hmm. that she had when she was close to Rory's age so yeah I think she just feels like she is at that point in time or Mm -hmm. that she can just embody that (laughs) what with Rory
0: yeah that's true she could they could easily go backpacking and still stay at hotels just just saying they want the spontaneity and just
1: Staying at a hotel, you don't have to pick the five hundred dollar hotel mm-hmm. that Emily will recommend to them later. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you could stay at little bed and breakfasts, which I'm sure are still also expensive. But these mm-hmm. days, you could stay at an Airbnb. But true, yeah. The overall gist of this scene is basically just setting up the backpacking goal that Rory and uh, Laurel I have, and Emily and Richard being surprised and horrified horrified by it Mm -hmm.
1: aghast (laughs) the next scene is hard to think about in terms of like the larger episode for me i thought it was like a good scene but then by the end i was wondering how it's related Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's essentially a continuation of the construction storyline so we still have tom which is great and we learn that Dean is working for Tom and he seems to be a good worker by all counts. And um yeah, and then the like the construction and the Dean and Jess is dropped after the next scene. Um, so I don't know. But anywho, Dean does walk by Miss Patty <laughs> on his way to get lunch for the other employees, and she says she'll need mountain climbing gear if he gets any taller. And Dean says it's getting dangerous to walk near her. Oh and <laughs> asks her if she's looking for Taylor. And she's like, no, I'm just looking. <laughs> and of course, she's watching all of the construction workers. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was funny the way that they reverse the stereotype of men, like the construction workers catcalling passerby women. Um. So they kind of flipped that around. And,. I don't know I love Patty so it just doesn't feel creepy to me and she's not like catcalling or anything like that but I did find like oh the trope is reversed here yeah. in an
0: interesting way <laughs> yeah this was my stars hollow moment basically for mm. those reasons I mean we could easily critique <laughs> I guess what, what she's doing <laughs> is sexual harassment or and all that but it's, <laughs> it's just fun in this circumstance I think to kind of look past that and also, I feel like there's a big difference between Miss Patty, who doesn't have any like bark to her bite, really, mm. <laughs> as compared to other circumstances in a reversed situation. Oh my God, this motorcycle. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But I also chose this as my Star's Hollow moment because we aren't in Star's Hollow for basically the rest of the episode. <laughs> That's a good point. I wonder where
1: I put mine. <laughs> um, but but your point about how it, it feels different also reminds me of, like, she doesn't even really, like, make moves at mm-hmm. anyone. Hardly ever. She'll make, like, comments like she does to Dean. But then after that, she's not trying to propose anything yeah. to Dean, you know? <laughs> and I think in comparison to, like, our last episode when Zach is, like, hitting on Lorelai, inviting her to places trying to actually go on a date and it's like miss patty isn't even speaking to any of those workers she's not gonna try to pressure them into a date they won't have to say sorry i can't dance i can't listen to music or anything so mm-hmm. yeah just another defense of her <laughs> yeah, she's
0: just like standing there being a pickup line book
1: <laughs>
0: i thought this was also interesting because it like after rory and dean break up we've still been getting all these like sprinklings of Dean that make it clear that he's not leaving the show as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Like nor like all of Lorelei's ex-boyfriends, they just leave, but Dean is gonna stick around. So I thought it was interesting that he's also getting this like more enmeshment with the town kind of storyline. I'm sure it'll come back up soon. <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe that's another reason this part of the episode felt disjointed to me is because the purpose is to sprinkle in both Dean and Jess, mm-hmm. probably like, don't forget, they're still here. And we had Jess last episode too, but he never had scenes with Rory. So it's interesting that they're like juggling a lot, it seems yeah, in a way. Uh, but Dean does go into Luke's at this point where we find Luke researching romantic restaurants for his date with Nicole. Mm-hmm. Because he thinks they need to go somewhere fancy since she's a like a lawyer lady. <laughs> I thought this was interesting because to compare looking forward when he goes on his first date with Lorelai doesn't he take her to that restaurant where like he is a regular? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for Nicole he's like I want to go somewhere where like I don't know anyone or places he's never been that aren't don't suit him. Mm-hmm. So it's a little sign you know of like He and Nicole do seem like they've had a great time when they come back after the episode, but it's still
0: like something isn't there that will be there with Lorelai right from the start, you know? Yeah, with Lorelai, he wants to take her to a place that like exposes more of himself. Mm. But with Nicole, he's trying to put on a good front.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's a good
0: point. I put my Friday night dinner in this scene. (laughs) There are like much bigger impact things in the rest of the episode, but I chose this just because it was... Like a continuation of something we've said before with Jess. Because um, mm. Jess is teasing Luke for putting in any effort into this date with, <laughs> with Nicole. And he says, you're pathetic when you're in love. And then Luke says something to the effect, well, like, at least I'm trying, unlike you. And I mean, that's exactly what we've been saying. So mm-hmm. my critique is just that Jess continues to be a pretty shitty boyfriend and yeah. as much as i love the character he's just not yeah he's just a bad bad boyfriend mm-hmm. and i'm like we haven't gotten any interactions with him and rory and i'm just like kind of remembering when the next ones are and they're not great either mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, not good. their entire relationship has just kind of been bad it's really disappointing yeah it's it's revealing to
1: me that signs of effort equal like patheticness on in mm-hmm. his mind because that's clearly like how he views himself and why he can't be seen putting in an effort and that's so i feel like that's so teenager yeah, of him. true <laughs> i it is such a thing I feel like to be a teen like putting yourself out there and to be seen trying at something is like why do we feel why was that so embarrassing you know. But vulnerability. It's, like, <laughs> vulnerability feeling self-conscious like mm-hmm. I remember I just really wanted to like blend into the wall in a lot of ways with like fashion and things like that just like to be seen is scary unless you're like super confident in the thing so I definitely feel like that is relating to his relationship and probably his insecurity and you know Rory's feelings for him Mm -hmm. and all of that so like better safe than sorry to just not even put in
0: effort um and he will end up sorry (laughs) yeah seriously (laughs) yeah so this scene is kind of Dean comes in to take the order for the workers and he and Jess have kind of a back and forth trolling each other more or less (laughs) and it ends with uh just taking the order and reading it back to Dean very slowly for Dean mm-hmm. because he's being an asshole. <laughs> I not I nominated this conversation as my just sass attack
1: on both sides. Like nice. I felt like both were having fairly good quips, which Dean doesn't always have good quips, you know, but I didn't feel like this was quite the same level of the villain Dean that we mm-hmm. had noticed a few episodes back, but some of that energy was there in the scene. He felt like confident and was antagonizing Jess. It was very mutual on both of their parts. And I felt like he even ended up with the upper hand in the end by, you know, having this super long order and then finally getting Jess to repeat it back to him. And then once Jess starts, he's like, no, you need to go slower. Like, I'm going to mark this off as you go. And Jess does start to go slower. Um, So I thought it was pretty... humorous (laughs) humorous
0: <laughs> I was surprised Jess didn't just grab the notepad from Dean and use that for the order that's what I would have done in yeah. this situation but yeah it was a fun fun scene and I know that there's going to be more conflict with them coming up so I'm excited to yeah. see that the this scene thing.
1: is like don't forget yeah there's conflict here so these two hate no each other <laughs> yeah
0: so after this we go to the inn. Where Lorelai is dealing with a customer who keeps changing their mind about a retirement party. Apparently, he has changed it multiple times before, and he had just gone with a golf theme. Sookie was even making a golf ball cake. They were, like, hanging (laughs) golf golf balls all over the place. And now he wants to change the theme. We find out later he changes it to Beanie Babies, which is questionable. Yeah, Especially for a retirement party. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like a return to
0: youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And during this scene, Michelle, of course, is upset. We kind of get like this funny vignette of everybody in the inn just kind of groaning as they find out the theme has changed once more. Lane is like tying golf balls
1: on string, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost like you would do for popcorn yeah. on a Christmas tree. And Rory comes in carrying these huge flags and... Yeah, and then also I do like that Lorelai forgets to tell Sookie. So at the end of the scene, she rushes over to the kitchen and doesn't even say anything wordlessly. Sookie understands and just flips the cake into the garbage can. It was a giant <laughs> golf ball. What a waste of a, was a cake. Which is I gotta taste test, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Forgot about that. Yeah. During the scene, we also get an invite. Rory has an invite from Sherry to her C-section, which is all arranged as a full event, there's sushi included, uh, waving to Sherry as she is carted off for her C-section. So it sounds like, it, I mean, it's just like a a event planned for like a business or something. It's a whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. And Rory is going to go. She wants to meet her new sister. I thought mm. it was, I feel like we never really hear from Rory again with Gigi as a sister like that's never Mm -hmm. really emphasized maybe towards the end when Gigi's a toddler but it's just never emphasized that she has a sister which I think I feel like that would be a bigger part of my life at least if I all of a sudden had a little sister I mean I do have a sister but you know a new sister yeah it
1: seems like they were interested in it at this moment in the story but then perhaps decided to kind of leave it behind. Mm-hmm. I guess it could be hard to like do sister things when she's so young, yeah, you know, true. having a <laughs> like, baby on set. <laughs> and then it also just really the central relationship and focus, you know, of the conception of this whole story is about the two as a duo, not as like a duo plus a half sister. <laughs> but it could have been interesting. Yeah. Um but you're right. And also with this invitation, it had me thinking of this like continued theme that i noticed during her baby shower which is sherry's like belief that she is this like modern woman who can have it all and she can like control her pregnancy and bend it to her will and um i definitely want to talk about that a little bit more like Mm -hmm. the way that the writers are portraying sherry and her pregnancy and like the like women working women and pregnancy and stuff so I have more thoughts about that (laughs) yeah yeah I agree (laughs) there's a lot to talk about there I do have a question um so we're about to get these flashbacks started in just a moment and I do feel like the Netflix bio insinuates like it's this invitation Lorelai learning about like the upcoming pregnancy that kicks off her like reminiscing moving forward and I guess the question is, like, do we agree that that is what inspires her? Because partially when I had been watching, I almost thought it was, like, the travel books that arrive in the Mm -hmm. next scene uh, because she's, like, she's got that book in the present day and then in the past. I guess it could be a matter of, like, both things could be true, but um, from a storytelling perspective and how they present it, Like, what do you think is the impetus for
0: all of those flashbacks? I think it, I think it is the birth, but maybe not necessarily just like the birth in general, but the Christopher part of the birth that was, Mm. that was important for it all. But I think you're right. Like in the actual script and everything, it is the books that start off the flashbacks. I kind of saw that as like a narrative device <laughs> more mm. so than something mm-hmm. that's actually important to the story mm. especially since they they don't talk about the backpacking stuff stuff after this in the episode um but yeah i think i think that the actual like reflecting on the d- birth is important But the flashbacks happen throughout the episode for us. I feel like Lorelai herself just gets the flashback when she's looking at the baby in the Mm. nursery with Christopher at the end, if that makes sense.
1: (laughs) That could definitely be true, and that could be one reason that some of the flashbacks do feel disjointed Mm -hmm. to me, because I don't see them necessarily connected to the character of Lorelai at all times. Yeah. So... Yeah, Yeah. we'll keep thinking about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting
0: because I hadn't thought of it, but the flashbacks aren't really Lorelai actually having the flashbacks. It's just Mm -hmm. the show having flashbacks for us. That's interesting. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and I think maybe I'm starting to think I would have preferred the inclusion of them in the narrative Mm -hmm. as related to Lorelai and her point here. Um, So yeah, we'll keep thinking about that. (laughs) Yeah, moving forward, Lorelai, Rory are discussing the Beanie Babies. As we mentioned, they arrive home, and again, there's a trippy reference to Amazon. I mm-hmm. always forget Amazon existed within the timeline of Go- I almost said Gossip Girl, of Gilmore <laughs> Girls, um, and it's so relatable because Lorelai says you have to stop ordering books from Amazon, essentially, yeah. and. Though I try, of course, I try to like not shop at Amazon as much as I can, but I have been known to like buy many a book from Amazon because it's so hard to beat the price and the shipping time. So I'm like relatable, Rory. I too have ended up with too many books (laughs) from Amazon, Uh, but it is a package from Emily and Lorelei says it's heavy. It must be full of her hopes and dreams (laughs) for me. (laughs) And Rory says, I thought she discarded
0: those already. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) I love it. That is so funny. The books, I gave my Rory's bookshelf. I kind of strangely had almost two for this episode, but Mm. I gave these travel books from like the 70s and 80s, my Rory's bookshelf. (laughs) Not because I've read any of them, but because my grandma did the same thing for me. She gave mm. me, like, when I moved to Iceland in 2014, she gave me a guidebook of the hotels of Scandinavia from from 1968, <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh, <laughs> I kept it because it has nice pictures and it's like, I don't know, something she gave me, but it it's like that's not helpful for me whatsoever." none of these hotels are probably still there or if they are like I can just look them up online the phone numbers probably don't work it was just it was a nice Mm -hmm. thought but yeah not not helpful I found like what you said a minute ago
1: also about the narrative device I think we see that a bit in the dialogue where Lorelai says I was the only person in the house who read these books so she's saying like oh I've seen them before and I've read them before And in this first flashback, we do see her, one is like out on a table and she picks it up and is looking at it. And I don't know. It's just like, was Lorelai really just around reading travel books as a kid? Like, I could understand like her wanting to like go places, you know, the classic like teenager yearning for freedom and traveling the world and whatnot. But those books don't seem like... yeah. (laughs) the type to strike the imagination for that as she said it's like a like a list of five hundred dollar a night hotels so it it did feel like a way of kind of ushering in um this narrative device to connect to the past and like how christopher will bring up backpacking i it was a little clunky i think it could have been a bit smoother um and i wish like uh i wish it when we get to the first Flashback. I wish it had been more like Lorelai holding the book and then we see her in the past holding the book Mm -hmm. or like the camera zooms in on a page and then it pulls back and she's young Lorelai reading the book because as it stands like we see Lorelai and Rory reading and then you hear a voiceover like Christopher I'm trying to open the door and it cuts to young Lorelai and young Christopher like just coming home and then hanging out and stuff like that. And then they get to the book later on. So I just felt like it could have been more seamlessly like incorporated visually and through dialogue and signs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm I'm getting heavy into the <laughs> critique early on. And oh, I should mention this was my Friday night dinner critique, like my questioning of the way that they um, incorporate the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like I think my stance is I'm not anti-flashbacks necessarily and i will point out ones that i thought work better but i thought i thought this one in particular was a little clunky getting things started it was fairly jarring and i had for i forgot that (laughs) the flashback episode existed so as this was happening it took me a minute to be like "Um, what is what is happening here (laughs) yeah Yeah, but what are your thoughts overall about this like first flashback that we get
0: i also found it jarring i thought that maybe my tv or my computer was acting up and had like accidentally started playing (laughs) something else (laughs) um Mm -hmm. but i think i think you're right i also thought that this first flashback was weird because we've been getting this whole narrative so far that lorelei was the one who wanted adventure and like Mm. she uh she was the only one one who read these travel books which is disproven in this scene because obviously emily and richard had them out to read before their trip but also we find out that it's Christopher's idea to go backpacking. And I think that that's fine. I think that they just set it up incorrectly with Lorelai mm-hmm. kind of making it seem like it was her idea. Um, and I, it also felt weird because of how things end up with Christopher just like wanting to, thinking it's a good idea to just settle down, not that there's a baby, but I don't know. I did like the young actress who was cast as Lorelai. She's obviously no Lauren Graham, <clears throat> but she did fairly well, I think, in this trying to, like, take on the fast-talking uh, snide remarks and everything. So I I thought that was good. Um, but yeah, I just... I wasn't convinced by the characterization because Lorelai is also making a big Mm -hmm. deal about her and Christopher going to college. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a a character arc, like showing that Rory was like the impetus for Lorelai, kind of changing her ideas about what she wants from life, which, yeah, I guess that that actually makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But I just Mm -hmm. wish that they had kind of structured it a little bit better. Um, So I agree with Mm -hmm. you about this first first one as well it was also like clearly mm. this scene was like the conception of rory but i don't know why we needed that <laughs> oh you know i didn't actually put two and two together
1: that they were about to go conceive rory after that oh, yeah. <laughs> but i yeah i agree with you some of the, the like the storyline and the characterization in the past felt a little off to me and i do think that like Lorelai actor was giving it her best and I think she was by and far better than the Christopher actor it was yeah it was disorienting to me though because yeah it was like I felt like it was someone who had studied Lauren Graham Mm -hmm. and was doing her best which is like what else can you do uh but it just felt uncanny to me because I'm like I'm kind of hearing Lorelai but the person I'm looking at is not Lorelai um but yeah Christopher's guy was just like awkward he didn't he wasn't like as handsome and charming as Christopher is supposed to be and I hadn't really thought about what you said about how it feels reversed that he is the one coming up with the adventurous plan and trying to convince Lorelai to like not you know ditch the plan as they call it and it does feel wrong to me that it's coming from Christopher and it feels like not aligned with some of what else what else we've heard about Lorelai with as a kid and as a teenager where she was very precocious on her own and rebellious and resisting the life already so yeah but I do think like if it if we're going if we're going to assume it's a given that Christopher was the one to suggest this backpacking trip and then she they don't get to go because of this pregnancy I would have loved in like the present day storyline for that to have Mm -hmm. been connected of like a like we see like Lorelai sad about Christopher and Sherry or something like maybe she gets the invite and then she says like we got to go backpacking to Rory like to kind oh, of yeah as a reaction against like Christopher's living his own life now I'm gonna do this thing that we were going to do but with Roy like I don't need him I can do my own thing I think
0: that could have
1: um that would have been nice
0: yeah that's a good point I wonder what the episode would have been like if the cold open was also potentially this scene this flashback scene Mm. if that would have like helped structurally I don't know but it would have been interesting (laughs) yeah I think that could have worked it could have worked so after this flashback we get like a second of Rory and Lorelai making fun of the books again um and then we're off to Chilton where Madeline and Louise are theorizing about Jamie and Paris, which is weird because in previous episodes, it's been kind of clear that they know of Jamie um, and that Paris has a paramour. Um, <laughs> But they're still theorizing about them. They try to ask Rory and then Paris shows up and they have to leave the conversation because they're not supposed to be talking to Rory. Um, <laughs> and... Just last week, I complained about there not being any Franklin stuff, and here we have a Franklin scene. Here we are at the Franklin. I made a note about
1: that, too. Like, oh,
0: they heard us. Yeah. (laughs) All those, all through time and everything. But they have the yearbook photos, so Paris has picked out the class yearbook photo, which would have all the students in it. And she's picked the one where Rory is sneezing and looking away, (laughs) and Rory uh confronts her about that like there couldn't be another one where she wasn't doing that and I also find it hard to believe that there wasn't another one that was better so it's clear that Paris is still mm-hmm. very bitter about everything that's happened so petty yeah <laughs> but also it's not that big of a deal <laughs> mm-hmm. nobody's really gonna look at that picture yeah I
1: do want to mention something quickly that is only tangentially related, but I did start rewatching the TV show Scandal uh-huh. and I had f- I forgot that the actor who plays Paris has a storyline in season 1 uh-huh. of Scandal and then that actor then reappears in um Lysa Wheel. She is in How to Get Away with Murder mm-hmm. in a much bigger role. So I kind of like that um Shonda Rhimes has her sort of own universe where she likes to reuse actors, you know, in different shows that she likes. And Amy Sherman Palladino kind of does the same thing. And Liza Whale is like in both and she is reused by both, like throughout multiple shows. Like, I feel like she just has a good life. She's got like two, like, I don't know, just huge women creators who give her roles and stuff. Like, that would be awesome. Yeah, (laughs) seriously.
0: I wonder if she'll show up at all in Bridgerton stuff. Because isn't that a Shonda (laughs) Rhimes show? I think Uh, that
1: might be produced, but not not created.
0: That's, yeah. Um, That's true. It's just a Shondaland thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. That would still be fun. That's all. (laughs) Random (laughs) association there. (laughs) So during this whole scene, Rory gets a page. We're still on Or maybe it's her cell phone at this point. Her cell phone is ringing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She flips it open, flips it closed, flips it open, which I was just like, obviously that doesn't work with a flip phone. You just hung up on them. (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) my Nisha. Um, And it is uh, Maureen, I believe, calling to say that Sherry has messed up. She's in labor and everybody needs to get to the hospital right away. Can Rory uh, reschedule school? That was my dress-ass attack moment. (laughs) She just says, can you reschedule school? Rory replies, reschedule school?
1: (laughs) It's just funny to me because I think the vibe is that we're not supposed to like Maureen. Mm -hmm. But the way she says, like... You're a child, right? You have school. Like I just found so funny. Like I love that she's just living a life where like it's just full of adults Mm -hmm. doing business apparently, and then going out for drinks
0: if they're scheduled (laughs) on the calendar in advance. Yeah, I like I I like her. I like obviously the the way that all the friends are treating Sherry is a bit rough, Um, but it also makes it makes me think that they're just work friends and not real friends. Mm. So that there are, because like, I mean, sometimes your work friends become real friends, but other times they're just like, Mm -hmm. we are friends in the context of work. Don't ask too much of me outside of work. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like
1: it makes Sherry make more sense as well Mm -hmm. as someone who is overeager is how we've characterized her before or like stepping over boundaries a bit. Um, clearly she's just, like, desperate for human connection mm. <laughs> and companionship if this is what her friendships look like, right? So, her trying to create something real, but in the very act of trying to create it and control it so much, she's, like, it doesn't end up being real.
0: Really? Um, it's dark. Sad. It's yeah, <laughs> tragic. <true. laughs> Immediately after this, so Rory heads off to the hospital, and then we get another flashback. And mm-hmm. we're in the Gilmore's house. Emily is yelling at this portrait guy about setting up the lighting <laughs> and everything. And Lorelai hasn't come down yet. So we go up and see Lorelai putting on her dress and the zipper isn't closing. Emily comes up and they have a little tiff about it. Emily thinks that it's the seamstress's fault. Um, but as soon as she leaves, Lorelai looks in the mirror and it you just like see the realization dawn on her that it's mm. not the seamstress uh it is in <laughs> fact that she is pregnant <laughs> yes
1: i have two thoughts about this one is that i like the em- younger emily where it's mm-hmm. still emily bishop but she's i mean kelly bishop <laughs> sorry but she's got this probably a wig i would assume long hair and so it looks like natural and it really, it signals like, oh, this is not present day, Emily. Mm-hmm. I will have different feelings about Richard <laughs> <Yeah>. later on. <laughs> um, my second thought is that I nominated this dress for Lorelai's closet, mostly in a kind of bad way. I'm sorry, but to, I'm sorry to this dress, but I think it's because it's funny to me that they're trying to say this dress doesn't fit Lorelei. When it, the dress clearly fits the the actress. (laughs) And they're trying to like shove the zipper together to close it. It clearly would close. (laughs) And she so clearly has like the tiniest stomach ever. Like they didn't even add on a belly bump or anything. So it's just like, and the dress just looked a little cheaper compared Mm -hmm. to Rory's dress later on. It felt like they really quickly found something to put the actor in. And I'm like, couldn't you have had... A nicer looking jest, fine, but overall, it felt a little silly to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just needed that moment of realization. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of something from another movie where a similar thing happens, but for the life of me, I can't remember what movie it is. And maybe I'm honestly just displacing this flashback into <laughs> a movie uh, because it feels like a different show, kind of.
1: I do feel like this is the trope of she's someone is secretly pregnant mm-hmm. and she has to put on a dress like that was the same in Gossip Girl recently when Blair oh, is secret- maybe secretly pregnant I... and the dressmaker knows but like says I won't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I do think it's a foggy memory. It probably ha-
0: because it happens in different media mm-hmm. as a way to like signal the <laughs> oh gosh. As if people don't just change sizes. <laughs> For other reasons. I know, right? (laughs) Especially she's a teenager. She could have like been shifting
1: back and forth in many different ways. (laughs) And my last thought about this, so I guess I had three thoughts, is just my my continued feeling of like I didn't understand how they place this within the narrative. Like if the last scene is about Sherry suddenly having to go to the hospital to give birth. Why was this not young Lorelai having mm-hmm. to go to the that's hospital true. to give birth, you know? Like, I don't feel like the logic connected um, because they did want to do, like, the whole year of Lorelai's story when if they wanted to do it in a more effective way, I think it would have been, you know, more matched up with the timeline and the present day.
0: Yeah, that's true. They kind of, like, the first... T- I think the first couple flashbacks were really, yeah, the the ones that were most disjointed. Like the later ones, when they're already in the hospital, of course, make a bit more sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, these ones are a bit rough. <laughs> we interrupt this podcast with an invitation from our sponsor. You are cordially invited to Sherry Tinsdale C-section on Friday, February 7th at 6 o'clock p.m. Join the girls for a toast, a hug. And a wave to mommy as they wheel her off. Dinner at Sushi Sushi and then back to the hospital for a formal viewing
1: of brand new baby Georgia. RSVP at your earliest convenience. P.S. Gifts are not necessary but always appreciated. PSS. If Sherry happens to screw up and go into labor a week early, you are under no obligation to make it to the hospital. You have work, of course, and it's Sherry's screw up, not yours. No matter how abandoned Sherry feels, you've got to stick to the plan. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus.
0: of 2004 or something 2000 question mark yeah. <laughs> and we're at Luke's where Lorelai bursts in I thought that this was a nice continuity moment where she bursts in already talking just like her flashback self did in the first flashback like burst in already talking mm. and Luke isn't there which is surprising <laughs> Jess is behind the mm-hmm. counter and then Luke comes down and he's all dressed up for his date. He's wearing, like, a black sweater. That's one that uh, Lorelai got him. I think we can assume that was, like, when she went shopping. And back in, was, was it season two or something when Rachel was there? Might have been season one. Yeah, that's right. And he's got, like, a black leather jacket. And he looks pretty sharp, I have to say.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And Nicole shows up. They compliment each other, and then her phone rings, (laughs) which (laughs) Lorelai is just astounded by because Luke says, you know, go ahead, and (laughs) Lorelai starts, like, miming, pointing at the sign that says no cell phones. Luke has to, like, hold her back to her chair. (laughs) They have a little scuffle behind Nicole as she's talking on her phone. That was, like, some great kind of physical comedy, um, Mm -hmm. and- I also kind of felt like it showed Lorelei's suppressed bitterness at Luke going on a date with somebody mm-hmm. else.
1: Yeah, I loved that background acting from them. And Nicole like turns around and misses all of it. And Luke says, like, oh yeah, take phone calls whenever you want. <laughs> like he's clearly still trying to do this act of like as you're getting to know someone, just trying to please them. Before you know it, he's gonna agree to a fishing date just That's like Lorelai last episode. Which, by the way, um, no no sign of yeah. Alex anywhere in this episode yep. as we thought he is gone. <laughs> but the next scene, and I thought this was a flashback at first because this hospital set is so ridiculous mm-hmm. looking. Yeah, I agree. It looks so old fashioned and like so pastel. Like I think it's supposed to be their take on a maternity ward. But I feel like I've been in those before, and they kind of just look like a regular hospital, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Either way, this is Roy meeting Maureen to go see Sherry. Maureen keeps going on and on about how Sherry screwed up, <laughs> and no one can be there because they're all working. She described Sherry as a basket <laughs> case, and she's like, yeah, she feels a little abandoned, and also don't comment on how fat she is because she's sensitive about that right Jesus. now. Like, <laughs> no shit. Like she <laughs> that was like
0: continuing from the baby yeah. shower. And why would you comment on that in the first place? <laughs> like when somebody's about to pop out a baby.
1: <laughs> right. And then the scene ends with Rory trying to like appease Sherry and she says, "You're so thin." Yeah. Like it's stupid. Oh, I don't say stupid very often, but um but that's actually not even like the discourse that I picked up on so much. I was really thinking about the like the portrayal of sherry and her friends mm-hmm. and the sense of like they're all so angry that she screwed up like that this she was supposed to have controlled this or like her plan has gone awry and i could be reading into this but it feels to me like the writers are almost implying that when you are this like modern self-reliant woman like Sherry and her friends you're so like severed or alienated from your like natural quote-unquote maternal instincts like if Sherry was more like um, embracing the role of like wife and mother she would know that you can't plan this kind of thing or control it and her friends would know that this isn't a screw-up this is just the natural rite of passage of birth or whatever and they're all just seem like so like thrown off by pregnancy and I don't I don't know it's just so weird to me and I just I I'm thinking about how like Amy Sherman Palladino can be so iffy Mm -hmm. you know on sex politics and whatnot so I was trying to think of like I don't know Sherry's supposed to be this like we we're supposed to be like oh she's so silly and like wacky and like her friends are so weird and all this stuff but like to what end you know like what is the implied logic or critique behind that that's almost the vibe i was getting almost like it's supposed to be a a bad thing that i don't know
0: what do you think i agree (laughs) i hadn't connected it with the like maternal nurturing side um but i think you're right i had thought of it as amy sherman paladino and like the writers critiquing the corporate world and Mm. and any woman who wants to be a part of it, really. Because um, we, we have working women. I mean, obviously, Lorelai is a working woman, mm-hmm. but she works for, like, a small business. She's more allowed to be more individual and everything. And I think that mm-hmm. there's a big critique of, like, as soon as you start working for the cor- corporate world, everything's sucked right out of you. You just become, mm-hmm. like, a robot for this job. There's no point in yeah. even having any semblance of individuality, um, which is just, I I feel like that's such a perception from this this time, especially when women were just starting Mm -hmm. to, like, really get into corporate positions, that, like, to be in that position, you had to have every part of your, I guess, to go along with your line, your femininity Mm -hmm. and your, like, Mm -hmm. nurturing or anything like that, because side of you just, like, sucked right out of you. To survive in this yeah. male-dominated world, you have to become basically right. a lifeless <laughs> robot. Mm.
1: And that would explain, like, why her friends are so incapable of, like, properly caring for mm-hmm. her in this moment as well. Um, no, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I feel like our two critiques, like, pair very nicely together to make sense of this situation. I feel like we got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We put it together.
0: We got the puzzle. Confirmation from Amy Sherman Palladino is seen in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
1: Yeah. Uh, The last thought for this scene for me is that Sherry has bleach blonde hair now. I would think it's a wig. Like, it's an okay wig as far as, like, real looking hair goes. But the fact that it's bleach Mm -hmm. blonde, it's just the wrong color and i don't know why they wouldn't have just gotten the same color as yeah. before and what happened to her hair maybe the actor had a different role or something
0: yeah, yeah. we <laughs> just saw her like within the the season it would have been just a couple months ago yeah and it you can't pull this past yeah. me like did they think no one would notice <laughs> i kind of like it i think it looks cool mm. it reminds me of shane's nice. hair but it is just like yeah. why and also I don't know maybe this isn't some like this is just an old wives tale or something but I feel like using harsh chemicals in your hair when you're pregnant might be frowned upon I don't know if that's true or mm-hmm. if it's just something I'm like making up <laughs> so definitely mm-hmm. check check with a doctor before taking my advice of not bleaching your hair while pregnant but <laughs> yeah uh-huh. they should have added it in the storyline yeah it could have been another sign of like
1: oh she's She's not taking this very yeah. well. She dyed her hair. Nobody mentions it. Or, like,
0: yeah. yeah <laughs> that's true. Um, mm. After this scene, uh, we go to Friday night dinner where Lorelei shows up alone and she's wearing my Lorelei's Closet <laughs> nomination her long coat, which she wears basically for the rest of the episode. And it's like a dark blue and light blue and maybe brown i couldn't really tell but it's like a plaid long not really a pea coat but kind of a pea coat (laughs) but i really liked Mm -hmm. it and it of course blue obviously is her color makes her eyes pop and all of that so i loved it it's very pretty and emily is astounded that rory is off witnessing the birth of her sister uh and she's just kind of like surprised that Lorelai and Rory want to be involved in Gigi and Sherry's life at all it seems. This is also the
1: conversation where Lorelai asks Emily when Richard is gone what does she do with her time and I feel like this is a super interesting question. Emily sort of takes it as Lorelai like prying or judging or like insinuating that she has no life that she's like an invalid is Emily's word at one point, but I didn't, I don't think Lorelai intended it in that way. I do sort of wonder like what, um, what inspired this question in her mind? Like, I mean, she does arrive. She does comment like, oh, dad's gone again. Like he just got back. So maybe that gets her thinking about like how, oh, like, and Roy's not there. So she's like, wow, my mom is like alone pretty often. <laughs> and I just thought it was a very like sympathetic kind of question and like yeah really like as she says trying to get to know Emily and her life and it's kind of looks into a bit of like sadness of Emily like I don't know I think we think of her and Richard as very much a pair but she is on her own quite a lot and what does she do at nine o'clock you
0: know and It's a lot of nothing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. she doesn't give any sort of answer. Like, she doesn't even say, well, I read these books, you know? Maybe Mm -hmm. she's got, like, a huge romance novel collection. I would. (laughs) I wouldn't be super surprised about that. But she also probably wouldn't tell anybody.
1: (laughs) Right. My grandma has a romance novel collection (laughs) as
0: well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: But this transitions into a flashback in the way that I... I like so Lorelai is following Emily into the kitchen through one doorway and then younger Emily comes out the other doorway from the kitchen so we're in the flashback it felt very mm-hmm. seamless and Lorelai and Emily had kind of been arguing beforehand and the flashback is about a huge argument so it's kind of more connected not quite thematically but it is connected to like the setting and an argument, and we get to see Strobe and Francie. Strobe is still an absolute asshole. Yeah, it's terrible. The scene ends with him like off screen, but he's yelling at Francie to like stop yeah. crying and shut up. Seriously. Like he's horrible. As annoying as Richard, like Richard has his faults, but we never see him like yell at Emily or Lorelai to not like have emotion mm-hmm. necessarily.
0: <laughs> like that's so bad. Yeah strobe Ugh. also suggests at one point that Laura like get rid of it and i want to mm-hmm. make it clear where at least i i think i speak for both of us we're very pro-choice <laughs> um yes but strobe saying she should get rid of it is <laughs> stripping her choice from her and it's kind mm-hmm. of an important thing to like try and force on somebody um yeah. yeah let me tell you here strobe's
1: mention of abortion in this way is, like, the Republican congressmen who want to, like, ban abortion, Mm -hmm. but then they secretly pay for them to maintain their reputations. So this mention is very much about, like like you said, taking away her choice. If Lorelai brought this up as an option for herself, very different. Very different matter. And I kind of wish we saw that we saw the moment where Lorelai decides to keep the baby because we don't really see her tell Emily and Richard we don't see her decide herself that she wants to keep Mm -hmm. it um we we see Emily say like oh I refuse to strobe because I think she says like because I say so um but we never really hear if Lorelai ever considered that as an option for herself Mm -hmm. and Perhaps the show just didn't want to go there. I mean, it is early 2000s, but I do feel like we have to float the thing of, like, if Lorelai wanted to, like, go be independent and on her own and adventure out in the world, like, I feel like she would have at least thought Mm -hmm. about it, you know? Uh,
0: But we never really see that. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was just, that was making me think of the other pregnancies we see, like, surprise pregnancies, like, lanes Mm -hmm. and then... Rory's of course at the end of the revival and it I mean and cherries. Yeah, and, cherries. and it it definitely probably was a product of the time that nobody considered it which I think is unrealistic mm-hmm. um, for a whole bunch yeah. of people who have had surprise pregnancies to not even consider it um, and if this was being the show is being made now I think that other that it would have it wouldn't be done that way but I feel like it is mm-hmm. another one of Amy Sherman Palladino's quirks, perhaps, that, you know, this is a permanent <laughs> a punishment.
1: She is so, like, pro-pregnancy Mm-mm. in such a strange way.
0: She's <laughs> pro-pregnancy as a punishment for having sex. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it's, like, and I don't want to, like,
1: psychoanalyze anyone, but, like, her, like, bitterness about being a woman mm-hmm. and, our, like, being born, like um having to always think about like it. having having like the reproductive organs where you can become pregnant yeah. and how it like feels like a curse for a lot of like feminists and i think of her generation as well like so if she just like inflicts this like anger about it on her characters yeah. like they will suffer <sighs> because that is the fate that certain people suffered
0: yeah <laughs> agreed so that was a terrible thing. Strobe, of course, I think he's just, like, the all-around worst character of the entire mm-hmm. series. I think we forgot to put him in our March Madness. Oh,
1: that's true. And there's only so many characters we can fit, yeah. right? But I think he would have been, like, zero Yeah, like Rune. For sure. <laughs> like Rune. He's worse than yeah. Rune by far, I know. <laughs> Rune up against somebody
0: else. Like, Rune, the- when he is first introduced, is terrible, but then he becomes kind of funny later on. Right, right. Anyways... This is also the
1: scene where we see young Richard who has been silent throughout this scene and he gets up very commandingly and says, they'll get married, they'll live here and Chris will work for me. And the whole time I'm just laughing to myself because <laughs> he looks exactly the same, but with like very artificial black yeah. hair. It looks like they just like put the weirdest Spraying like paint. fake dye, like they just painted his hair. Yeah, yeah
0: it does look so silly. <laughs> they tried. So silly. <laughs> Lorelei and Christopher meanwhile are like sitting up on the stairs listening to all of this obviously Lorelai disagrees she wants to be part of the conversation Christopher is starting to think that the plan sounds okay and in a way I can kind of like see why he's starting to think this way because there is so much uncertainty in his life not just with the baby mm-hmm. but also like he's about to graduate high school soon all of that like going to college, finding a job, everything's so uncertain, and to have the rest of his life just kind of, like, handed to him at this moment, like, there's something tempting about that, even if it's not a life you'd actually like. Yeah,
1: I think that makes a lot of sense, and there's a certain way in which Christopher is the villain for us, Mm -hmm. and he has a lot of failings and stuff, and that's definitely true, but, like, teenage Christopher, like, I don't... It's very interesting the way that it is Lorelai who rejects Christopher Mm -hmm. and not the other way around. I think that's a really interesting way for it to go down. And it kind of flips a common trope again of the guy just rejecting this and, like, wanting to turn away. But he is the one who is, like, I think we're supposed to see it as Lorelai having, like, more courage, Mm -hmm. more independence to resist this life that she doesn't want to have. But he, like you said, is quick to, like, embrace the safety of it. And the way of having that plan laid out for him. And he is so easy to kind of like fold on the plan that he had kind of, I guess, in the storyline proposes. And it kind of plants a seed in Lorelai's mind. And she's not willing to like let it Mm -hmm. go. But he is so quick to let it go. And I think that's supposed to be like his shortcoming um, that he just like, you know, folds at this offer which I think if I was in Laurel's shoes, I like probably would have I accepted to like it is such an uncertain situation to be in and like say what we will about Emily and Richard, but they are like supporting her in mm-hmm. a way that they could not have. You know, they could have just kicked her out or something yeah. and they probably are doing it their way. And that's, of course, not what she wants. But um, I don't know. I also was thinking about like Rory, um, like if this ever happened mm-hmm. to Rory as a teenager, and in the original sort of ending amy sherman paladino had like this would have happened to roy right at the end of college so she wouldn't quite be a teen but still like very young when you're on the precipice of something new how she might have reacted i found interesting to think about. yeah
0: yeah that's so true I was just thinking these flashbacks really remind me of the movie Juno. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah, I did, yeah. And it, like... That was a yeah. good movie. There's, like, so many parallels but, like, different versions of, super- of supportive parents and, like, the potential options, like, a adoption is never proposed in this situation and I feel like maybe mm-hmm. I'm being a bit harsh but I feel like that has something to do with the emphasis on bloodlines that this echelon (laughs) of society has and we see obviously Emily has with her DAR
1: yeah I actually on that note uh Francie at one point mentions like can we send Lorelai away Mm -hmm. for a year like aren't there places where um people do that and that is such a thing throughout like well, I mean, I read a lot of, like, historical fiction, but that kind of thing happens all the time where, like, they just send her away, like, oh, she's sick, (laughs) and she comes back, you know, and everyone kind of knows what it was about, but um, you don't, like, speak about it. And I totally would have thought that would be Mm -hmm. Emily's approach of, like, unseen, like, no one can know Lorelai was pregnant. And then the baby goes to, like, um, an aunt and uncle yeah. or something like that. Like someone in the family takes the baby or maybe they do send it for adoption to another family. But um, yeah, it's curious that never came up either as well. I mean, maybe if the show had been set in this time, these things would have been considered. But I guess there's
0: only so much they can do in flashbacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think a lot of this also shows us that Emily is potentially better, a better person person and mother than she sometimes made out to be in Lorelai's memory I will have a thought
1: about that later <laughs> yeah. on
0: in another flashback
1: so yeah um oh but my final thought I did read a note where I was like you know strobe is so awful that it's actually kind of surprising Christopher didn't turn out worse mm-hmm. than he did True. if if Stro- strobe is like an active terrible yeah, person like trying Right, and Chris is more, like, passive, mm-hmm. and that's kind of his flaw. Um, so it's interesting that he turned out so differently than yeah. his dad, and even though his passivity is a bad thing, like, I'd rather deal with that, I think, than
0: have him be so aggressive and rude yeah. all the time, like, sure. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so we are back in the present, and we're back in the hospital. Um, Rory is, like, doing Sherry's calls for her, being a, <laughs> an assistant for her, and mm-hmm. a nurse comes in and is, like, asking about where Christopher is and what Sherry's plan is for the birth. If Christopher doesn't show up and Sherry says, well, I guess Rory will be there, and the look on Rory's face, like, <laughs> you just, like, all of yeah, all of a sudden, it becomes so clear that she is a child, <laughs> and she's <laughs> about to be asked to, like, watch this woman who she doesn't really know give birth, which is like a I think kind of a scary experience to witness unless you're <laughs> adequately prepared thing as well yeah yeah
1: she's met Sherry what like a
0: handful yeah, of yeah exactly you know?
1: and <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is when Rory calls Lorelai to like beg her to come and to help her I think this is such an interesting situation because again it's classic like rory in people pleasing mode where she accepts like oh yeah i'll go in the room but then she leaves and is like i cannot do this but then she begs lorelei and persuades lorelei to say yes to something that lorelei also doesn't want to do but you know she does it because she doesn't want rory to have to do it and at the end of the day she is the adult with experience mm-hmm. in these matters <laughs> and this is definitely when emily is the most confused and is like you're going to your ex's girlfriend's delivery and it is strange i can't deny like i do i feel for emily there in her opinion but it does kind of continue with the theme of like networks of kinship that aren't like so typical in gilmore girls um and i don't think i want to like overstate it though because lorelei isn't that fond of sherry but there is a world in which they could have like gone for a Chris gets out of the picture and Lorelai and Sherry bond mm-hmm. or something like that, which isn't quite what happens. But still, like, it is very Gilmore Girls for Lorelai to go be with Sherry. Yeah. You know, it's atypical.
0: Yeah, I feel like they would have actually been, <clears throat> if not friends, at least friendly, if the beginning of Sherry, Sherry's pregnancy hadn't also meant the end of Lorelai and Christopher's relationship like rekindling. Yeah, yeah totally. Like cuz at the start
1: they were on to mm-hmm. something.
0: Yeah. L- Rory has a line and when she's talking to Lorelai, she says, "I need my mommy and I don't care who knows it." I thought that was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um mm-hmm. after this we get a quick flashback uh where Lorelai is watching. I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh when Lorelai was asking Emily what she does in the evenings, Emily says she's not that interested in forensic shows and I noticed like you know all the doctor and forensic shows on TV which I love Mm -hmm. um I noticed here Lorelai is watching a forensics show (laughs) and as she's watching the show she goes into labor and then we see her at the hospital alone checking in so she hasn't told Emily or Richard she's gone all the way to the hospital by herself um Which I think is interesting. And, like, the question is, like, why does she do that? Yeah, and I I feel like (laughs) her adult self would have told her teenage self to make a different choice. But, like, Mm -hmm. her teenage self was just so, probably, like, so overwhelmed by everything. And um, Mm -hmm. Emily's presence might not have been the most calming in the situation. Mm -hmm. But also, I think she, like, was probably just, like, freaked out and knew that she could if she did it by herself she'd have a little bit more control over the situation maybe Mm. but I don't think adult Lorelai would have wanted her wanted her younger self to go about it this way I think yeah it's so like the way that she's just so like
1: self-isolating from everyone um it seems like I guess it actually it does reflect a bit of like the stubbornness and like self not selfishness but perhaps like self-centeredness mm-hmm. that like main character energy like the things that we um see in the present day adult Lorelei, perhaps that's manifesting in this like choice of like I don't agree with anyone about they want to control my life I'm going to like rebel against that by not telling them and going on my own and I don't know maybe it's a way of feeling like she has agency Mm -hmm. like she can make the choice to not to go without anyone there but it just made me feel really sad (laughs) and like the way and it is hard to think about when you do see like in that past like you see Emily supporting her you see Chris supporting her kind of and you see her like rejecting all of that and so you it can be hard to like put the two and two together and think about like well why is she like Rejecting all of these people who are kind of trying to help her, but I mean, I think we we can see some of the reasons and whatnot. But it's just so contrary to what we might suspect, mm-hmm. what we might think.
0: Yeah, I think it also like requires all of the context of Emily and Lorelai's relationship up until this mm-hmm. point, which has hasn't been great, and just the like the teenage perception of your parents. <laughs> I think that can't be dismissed. <laughs> Yeah I also thought as you mentioned the way that Lorelai
1: was watching TV alone at the start was interesting because I wish that they had like made a more um, direct connection to Lorelai asking Emily what she does mm-hmm. when she's alone like if it had been related to Lorelai like thinking about what she did while she was alone probably so many nights with Rory once they had left or like Maybe she could say, like, oh, I spend my time watching yeah. TV alone. Or that's how I spent my time when I, w- I don't know. Like, I think that could have been even just slightly more of a bond between them. But that might be nitpicking a little nah, bit. <laughs> I agree. Like, at least prompt Emily with something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, at this point, I had been thinking a bit about the, the the functioning of the flashbacks. Because this one comes of, like... Sherry's going into labor and then we get young Lorelai going into labor. So I feel like a consequence of the flashbacks I don't think they really meant to do necessarily is this parallel between Lorelai and Sherry because they're both, you know, the people giving like being pregnant and giving birth. And I think the parallel kind of shows the way that they characterize those two so differently. Like, (laughs) I don't think the parallel works very well because Lorelai gets this, like, very sympathetic portrayal and we feel for her and how she wants to be free. But their portrayal of Sherry, like, I think they want us to be like, she's so wacky Mm -hmm. and work addicted. And I don't know. Like, I get that the flashbacks were supposed to be like, oh, Lorelai is reminiscing about her time when she thinks about sherry being pregnant but within the narrative of the actual episode it's like scenes where i feel like sherry and lorelei are mirroring each other but i don't think they like take use of it like i think that was one reason it felt so disjointed is that the flashbacks are so separate from what is going on with sherry yet they're supposed to be like oh it's just because of
0: the pregnancy i guess yeah no that makes sense yeah, because Sherry is also fully alone, but she didn't choose to be that way, whereas Lorelai yeah. has, and yet we're not allowed to see Sherry and, like, feel bad for her for being all alone in this mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I feel like you are convincing me to dislike the flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel no, bad, okay. <laughs> but I was just thinking about, like, aren't flashbacks supposed to,
1: like, inspire, like, new insight or understanding of The characters in the present day and to a certain extent I think they do for Lorelai but it's hard for me to feel that way because I already know her backstory so to a certain extent I'm like oh I didn't learn anything new from these because I already know it but maybe that's just because I've seen the show so many times but I just kept wondering like what is the insight this produces in the current day storyline and that's what felt so mismatched for me I think because I think it would have worked better for me even if they just like showed Lorelai like staring off into (laughs) space and then it's the flashback or like the book or just connected it more so even if it wasn't connected to the Sherry storyline at least it could be connected to like Lorelai being so introspective as she goes about her day um, as this is happening Mm -hmm. but like you said they're only for us really not too much for Lorelai which is weird.
0: Yeah, the way that they connect <sighs> that flashback with the next scene is Lorelai putting on her headphones and turning on a song that then plays into the next scene in the present yeah. day, which, I mean, is cool. Um, but you're right; it doesn't necessarily add like add to the narrative structure. <laughs> and it could have perhaps like if it then went to a scene where
1: Sherry is feeling so alone. Yeah, you know, and music. it mirrored. Like, they could have
0: gone into that a bit. Yeah, but the next scene is uh, Lorelai arriving at the hospital. Rory is on an errand to do some Xeroxing for Sherry, (laughs) and then they go into Sherry's room. She's talking on the phone with somebody, also, like, squatting on her bed, (laughs) looking very uncomfortable. (laughs) Lorelai kind of takes charge of the scene and hangs up Sherry's phone I think, appropriately. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And Lorelai tells Sherry that she's going to have to admit that she's having a baby, which I think is very astute. That's very much what she needs to hear. Um, and I thought that Lorelai was pretty great in this scene, especially like judging from her personal feelings about the situation, where she, she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to be involved in this, but she's being very mature and helpful and comforting to Sherry. Which I thought was very nice. She didn't Mm -hmm. have to be that. I mean, I would have been angry at her if she hadn't been like that. (laughs) But it was Mm -hmm. nice. Um, Rory even gets to, like, head out and get some coffee and have a little break from Sherry and her worries, which would be Mm -hmm. very overwhelming. Yeah. I felt like this was the similarity a bit
1: between Lorelai and Sherry that Sherry says, like, I can't stop everything Mm -hmm. because I'm having – A baby and how it's like disrupting her plan um and obviously Lorelai's plan is disrupted by being pregnant as a teenager but it's a bit confusing because Sherry did plan for this like this is something she wanted um but perhaps this is disrupting her plan of like feeling like she could control Mm -hmm. it um in a certain way and now she's just like a victim to like biological time yeah. like this isn't going to stop like even if she schedules it a different way you know like earlier she was like i wrote it down <laughs> i wrote it down <laughs> and it's like she's just like a vic- she's un. she's out of control to her own body yeah you know? and so yeah,
0: yeah i wonder if it's also she's also coming to the realization that this is the first thing in parenthood that she can't control and yeah, and it's only going to be a series yeah. of those things. And it also kind of makes it, makes her leaving in the future make a bit more sense. That's something I hadn't really thought of very much and always just mm-hmm. like was a bit surprised by. It, but looking at this, it does make a bit more sense, I think. Yeah, we'll definitely
1: have to see how it comes about because I do remember it feeling more random. And it could be the way they portray it or just introduce it all of the sudden. But I do agree that I think there are the building blocks for it here in a way that I find super interesting, too. Um, I take them more seriously, I think, than the writers (laughs) do. But I think her situation is really, like, interesting to think about. But yeah. Yeah. Going forward, we are still at the hospital. And Christopher miraculously arrives in time. He says he broke laws to get there sherry says i didn't think you'd make it and he says you think i'd miss this cut to Lorelai mm-hmm. looking sad in the corner which is like super understandable yeah. this then goes to a flashback this is a flashback to Lorelai rolling through the hospital so it does kind of mirror sherry's situation and it's not christopher who shows up but emily and richard and emily is like Lecturing her, Richard is complaining about how he wore the wrong shoes and feels ridiculous. <laughs> and um, against all of this, Lorelai still wants to go in yeah. alone. I don't know. Like, I just quite like. Would this not be a moment where Emily and Lorelai both would have like put aside their opinions and wishes and like had this connection of like, I want my mom with mm-hmm. me. Um, but instead they go for the Emily is just lecturing her still and Lorelai is still like turning her away it was just I don't know it was really sad I felt for like Lorelai to go in on her own and I don't I never thought that like I guess for some reason I thought Lorelai like left them before she gave birth in my mind kind of but the fact that she lived with them for like a year after this as well I it's it's weird. Yeah, It's weird. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was really surprised by how they made Emily just, like, yelling this whole scene. I know that's, like, her characteristic yeah. kind of communication mode is yelling critiques <laughs> or loudly critiquing things. And I definitely got the feeling from her that she was reacting this way because she was, like, scared of the situation and worried for Lorelai. Mm-hmm. But, of course, as, like, we've talked about so many times, her and Lorelai, there's just, like, a miss. There's They just don't understand each other's communication styles somehow, yeah. even though they are fairly similar. Um, which I think is just, like, a kind of typical parent-child thing, especially when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just, uh, I was so sad that there wasn't, like, a quiet moment at the very end of this where Emily, like, asked Lorelai if she could go in with her or something. Just, like, one little... Yeah, anything. Yeah, one little quiet moment, which we do get, like, Emily's emotions later on in the scene with the note, but... And Mm -hmm. Richard was just being such a, like, weirdo this whole scene. (laughs) He was just... Yeah. Like, preoccupied with his shoes. He didn't want to be there. I felt like Richard was more of the kind of neglectful parent here than Emily ever has Mm -hmm. been. Yeah, it was weird. In present day, we cut back
1: to the hospital for a really quick scene where Lorelai and Rory decide to wait for Sherry. And then we move to a scene at Luke's, which is picking up on the storyline from the beginning of the episode, but all things considered, it was a little, felt a bit random, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Uh, But I do have two nominations in this scene, so I guess it was meaningful to me. Uh, Jess is telling Kirk to go home. It's like (laughs) late at night and Kirk is saying like, oh, it's boring at home. I don't want to go. And Jess says he should read and he suggests Moby Dick, which is my Rory's bookshelf. I don't have to say too much about that, I think. You know, Herman Melville, huge, wacky novel was not popular at its time but now it's kind of like a big deal mm-hmm. and you can be like oh I've read Moby Dick it's kind of like cool to say that right I it's guess so long. <laughs> in my circles <laughs> and Kirk asks like oh is that the one about the whale and Jess says yeah and then Kirk says no thanks <laughs> but I do think Kirk would like that book actually um so I do think it was a fitting suggestion by Jess and because it's so long and can be hard to read, like it would fill a lot of evenings, I think. So
0: I think it was actually a pretty good suggestion by Jess, but I suggest listening to the audiobook of Moby Dick. I it's not my mm. genre of literature and it's very long, but I wanted to read it. So I listened to the audiobook and it was actually really enjoyable. So
1: nice. Just say, add that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good suggestion. Okay, so Luke gets back from the date with Nicole and they're both seeming to be really happy and My Star's Hollow moment is this sort of silly scene that follows afterward where Jess offers to go out for an hour very pointedly. Uh, Luke doesn't pick up on this right at first, you know, (laughs) that Jess is insinuating, like, oh, if you want to go get lucky, like, you can have the room. (laughs) The way that Luke catches on and he's so annoyed and he takes jess outside to talk and this is really i think where my nomination is where kirk and nicole are just left inside looking out the window kirk says (laughs) they have great communication as like luke is clearly just yelling at jess and we don't hear what they're saying which is a really good choice Mm -hmm. i think it makes it even more comedic and then they get back inside and jess is like i tried to nicole (laughs) it's
0: just reminds me of college and like navigating roommates the sock on the door yeah Uh, yeah that was such a weird scene just like is trying he just like tries so hard to be i don't know like a sexual being i think Mm. you can just like see Mm -hmm. the effort he's putting into all of this like this persona um which i find like very endearing as a character as like an actual person i find super annoying (laughs) (laughs) but yeah anyways it was a great scene um Mm -hmm. and we get like the setup for the continued luke and nicole relationship yeah and they seemed sweet together Mm -hmm.
1: you know they're talking about like oh i didn't like that hotel i didn't like that restaurant oh good i didn't (laughs) either and they seem much warmer and more comfortable together and i do feel like there's even more chemistry than when we saw Mm -hmm. them together last episode so I think it's a good pairing and yet I can I wonder what will happen that makes them so yeah
0: we shall (laughs) see (laughs) the next scene we're back at the hospital again Rory is sleeping on Lorelai and Christopher arrives in his little hospital gown and brings Lorelai to see Gigi sleeping in the baby nursery and he Christopher is just, like, astounded by the whole birth experience. He was very overwhelmed by it all. Um, and he, like, he's he's clearly saying this as somebody who wasn't there for his first child's birth. Yeah, he says, like, I haven't seen anything yeah. like and it. And Lorelai, <laughs> you can see throughout this whole conversation, it's just kind of thinking, like, you can tell that she's thinking about, this is a clear instance of her thinking about her own uh giving birth to rory and christopher not being there Mm -hmm. though we don't get we never get like we get an indication that she didn't tell richard and emily but we don't get any indication of whether she told christopher that she was going into labor or if at this point strobe and francine had like taken christopher out of the situation we don't really get that explanation Or, like, if she
1: broke up with Christopher or she told him, like, yeah, we don't really get any of that, which I do feel like is a missing puzzle piece because in the present day, seeing Lorelai so sad, there's a sense of, like, he didn't put this effort in for her, he wasn't there for her, but from the flashbacks, we did see, like, it did seem like he was that, like, he wasn't going above (laughs) and beyond, but, like, he was there for her, you know, and I do feel like if she had told him, he would have gone, so... I feel like she didn't tell him and like emily and richard probably called him and that's why he's there afterward um so it's interesting mm-hmm. like then i have to think in the present day her sadness must be mixed with like disappointment or regret yeah. in the fact that she was the one who prevented him from being there for her or like that she didn't want that version of him there for her but she wanted this yeah improved I version of him yeah. like That's always the regret she has of, like, he became this person too late for, like, me, you know? Yeah,
0: that's a really good point. Uh, Mm. And, of course, as they're looking at the baby, we get a flashback of them as teenagers looking at baby Rory. And this is a super short scene. All we get is Christopher saying, I guess we should get married, which is clearly not (laughs) what Lorelai wants to hear. And I completely understand Mm -hmm. that. Like, you don't want somebody to say, well, I guess we need to get married. Like, that's not very romantic or, like, promising for your relationship at all.
1: Maybe this is when she breaks up with him, like, after this. Yeah, maybe.
0: Like, Mm -hmm. no, go
1: be free or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Back in the present day, another really short scene where Chris leaves Lorelai to go wake Rory. And we don't see Rory, like go there but that's the sense of like is gonna meet Gigi after that and then we move forward a small amount of time probably like a few days later I would imagine or maybe even the next day in a scene that is my gazebo mine moment too. might it be yes. yours as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it is Lorelai and Emily and the DVD player It's so sweet what were you what did you like about this scene I
0: loved it was such a clear demonstration of care from Lorelai, I think, and, like, trying Mm. to build connection. She was bringing something that they had talked about in the past. She also, like, brought all these DVDs of things that she knows Emily likes and that they can talk about. And I just loved that it was, like, clear that Lorelai had put thought into this. She'd obviously been thinking about it since the last Friday night dinner and also just, like, picked out these things that she knew her mother would like that takes a lot of time and effort mm-hmm. <laughs> and she wanted to be like a part of the whole experience with her mom I, I just I loved it touching
1: yeah it's such a gift that says like I care for you I know mm-hmm. you and I want you to be like content when I, you're alone when I'm not around you it was just so thoughtful and wonderful yeah. And I love the way that Emily is kind of resistant (laughs) at first, but she's like, what am I going to do with a DVD player? And then she starts to go through the DVDs and it's like, I love this one and I love this one. And it's like clear that Lorelai got all the right ones. And it was just super sweet. And of course they like to juxtapose that with uh, the last flashback, which is Emily receiving the note that Lorelai has run away. And this was when I was also surprised that Lorelai lived with richard and emily for about a year it seems maybe even slightly more before she left which i feel like is not the vibe you get when they talk about it well when they have talked about it in the earlier seasons and you don't that means like because emily like it seems like you know when emily goes to see the inn and she's really sad when she sees where they lived and how mia like had all these experiences with rory um it's like, well, Emily had, like, a year or more with, like, baby mm-hmm. Rory, and that would mean she'd probably be even more attached. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know. It's just like, wow, a whole year of them living together before she left. Maybe she was waiting until she was, like, a legal yeah. adult, so they wouldn't, like, I don't know, but I I don't know why they made that yeah. choice.
0: Yeah, Holy. and they don't really talk about it. I. I mean, I don't think they contradict it anywhere else, but they don't, like, bring it up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good point. Emily's, like, breaking down while she was reading the letter was also very emotional. Mm -hmm. And it just made me even more upset that she didn't, like, try to have some sort of, like, moment with Lorelai as Lorelai was going in to have Rory. And I think that it's a big, like, testament to how much their relationship has grown and how they've also both grown, that we could juxtapose it with the scene of them like bonding mm-hmm. over the DVDs and stuff. Cause you get the idea that if these same events were to happen with their relationship as it is now, things would have gone differently. Um, maybe mm-hmm. not like the final Lorelei wanting to go and be independent. That might, that would probably still have happened, but the relationship might have been a bit different. And so it's, you know, character growth, which is great. <laughs> we end the episode with. Back in the present day, um, Lorelai's taking the DVD player upstairs to set it up in Emily's room, singing the Easter parade song, (laughs) and Uh then the, I thought this was a nice touch that the uh, camera kind of pans out over their family portrait of young Lorelai and Richard and Emily, and that's the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. I liked that touch. It was like clearly meant for this episode to be a big, a heavy hitter of their relationship and Mm -hmm. I think it was but I think we've also like established that they could have made it stronger (laughs) I think
1: ultimately my opinion about it is like I like the um idea I have problems with the execution Mm -hmm. I you know and I think ultimately the function I think is still mostly successful uh but it could have just I feel like it had a lot of missed opportunities as well So I do feel like I'm sorry if people felt like I was very (laughs) negative, but I'm happy to hear back from others as well who loved it because we got a lot of people who like it. So I'd be happy to hear why.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't dislike the flashbacks in themselves, but I do agree with you that the flashback setup in the episode wasn't great. (laughs) Mm. They needed some like a second go around on the script maybe or just like the narrative structure of the episode
1: and I think it could have been like a home run if they had made some of those tweaks Mm -hmm. you know like it could have been just like really really significant and like super memorable but as it is it was kind of forgettable for me the only like time I ever think about it is occasionally I see TikToks of people using like the younger Christopher and Lorelai oh yeah oh who are they (laughs) yeah so All said and done, who is your MVP for this episode? My
0: MVP was Lorelai this time. Um, Nice. Both young and older, Lorelai, she had some tough situations to go through, but I felt like, especially in the dealing with Sherry situation, she did a great job, and it was cool to kind of get a bit of, like, uh images of the story she's told about Rory's birth and like early years and stuff uh so yeah Lorelai who was your MVP? I am thinking that you know I was kind of between
1: Lorelai, Emily, and Rory the three Gilmore girls I think I will go with Lorelai as well though because it's just hard to ignore that she is such a major character in this episode and like yeah, it is really just, like, so delightful to see how changed she is. And, like, I just really treasure that scene between her and Emily. I just think it's so sweet. And the way that she continues to be, like, the bigger person with Sherry, like, just so such strength and, like, kindness within her, Um, even though if she jokes about it <laughs> afterward, you know, she still does that for Sherry. So, yeah, Lorelai is my MVP as well. <sighs> the main character
0: or one of the three (laughs) (laughs) MVP of March Madness Uh, as well a bit of a doozy of an episode um, but I think that we had some really good discussion endpoints so onwards to uh, next week which I feel like I might know what's happening and I might be dreading it (laughs) oh Oh, Uh, no anyways (laughs) it will be a doozy in a different way then
1: we're just working hard (laughs) Yeah.
0: go to our Patreon.
1: yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) we're using our brains a lot here okay
0: (laughs) okay anyways just kidding talk soon
1: talk soon thanks for listening to talking fast a gilmore girls podcast
0: don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends join us on instagram and tiktok at talking Fast podcast and join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts
1: talking fast podcast at gmail.com